What's happening, food eaters? This is the Food Labels Revealed podcast with your host, Mel Weinstein, self-professed prophet of processed foods. A new episode is released at the end of every month. This is episode number 37. In this episode, I once again return to the subject of fast foods and continue to ask the question, is fast food the same as processed food? This month, I examined products from three of the most popular pizza chains in the United States. How do they measure up against each other, and how do they measure up in general in terms of their ingredients and nutritional values? Along the way, you'll hear a little history, plus find out why some researchers think pizza has narcotic-like effects. For newcomers to the podcast, here's some info about me. I have a 30-plus year background in chemistry education, food analysis, and food chemical research. And for much of that time, I've had a fascination, some may call it an obsession, with the topic of processed foods, what's found in those foods, and how they may be affecting our health. I try to see behind the commercial food curtain at all of those strange, hard to pronounce, and sometimes dangerous ingredients that wind up in many of the foods stocked on the shelves of our grocery stores. This is a 100% free, on-demand, zero-commercial radio show. Yes, I said free. Just put that money back in your wallet. This podcast has no sponsors, financial supporters, or Kickstarter campaigns. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine, and to keep it that way, I don't promote any commercial products or work with any sponsoring organizations. All I ask of you is to listen, and if you are informed, educated, or entertained by the content, please let others know through social media or the old-fashioned way, word of mouth. Website and contact information will be provided at the end of the show. So, let's get this thing going. The topic for today is pizza. What is more American than pizza? Uh, You may say apple pie? Not really. I don't think apples are native to America. Well, for that matter, neither is pizza, having originated in Italy. In fact, the word pizza is derived from the Latin word paisea, which means the blackening of crust by fire. Way back in episode number 12, I talked about frozen pizza, examining the ingredients in Red Baron Classic Crust Supreme Pizza. Not counting water and vitamins, there were 63 ingredients in that pizza, a product that Schwann, the mother company, described as pizza nirvana. At that time, I questioned why there are so many ingredients in that pizza and why so many of them were highly processed and artificial. In the last year, I've been asking those same questions about restaurant fast food. Are the ingredients that populate ultra-processed foods in grocery, convenience, and box stores the same ones being used in fast foods? The more I investigate that question, the more obvious the answer. Yes. Now, who doesn't love pizza? Well, I'm sure there are some people, but most everyone I know has a craving for it. I'm old enough to remember a time when pizza joints were local establishments, not chains. I got introduced to pizza in those restaurants that made their own dough and pizza sauce. But times changed and convenience and uniformity became the rule. By the 1960s, franchised fast food pizza restaurants were popping up all over the place. I had two favorite restaurants in high school, Pizza Hut and then a local place called Marion's. There was something about the crust at Pizza Hut that really grabbed me. Then at Marion's, I could order 
tuna fish pizza with a cracker-like crust, something which may sound nasty to many of you, but it was my favorite for years. Here's some trivia about American pizza taken from, not surprisingly, pizza.com. However, some of this information is dated since it was published way back in 2010. There are approximately 61,269 pizzerias in the United States. Over 5 billion pizzas are sold worldwide each year. 94% of Americans eat pizza regularly. 93% of Americans have eaten pizza in the last month. Pizza accounts for more than 10% of all food service sales. Americans eat about 350 slices per second. Each person in America eats about 46 pizza slices a year. Regular thin crust is most popular. It is preferred by 61% of the population. 14% prefer deep dish and 11% prefer extra thin crust. 62% of Americans prefer meat toppings, while 38% prefer vegetables. 36% of all pizza orders request pepperoni as a topping. We consume around 251,770,000 pounds of pepperonis each year. Pizzerias purchase more than $4 billion worth of cheese annually. So, food eaters, here's what I want to do in this episode. First, determine the most popular chain pizza takeout restaurants in the country. Then pick three of those restaurants which provide ingredient and nutrition information at their websites. Then select a common pizza type so the restaurants can be compared fairly. Finally, examine the data to determine which restaurant serves the most processed and least nutritious pizza. A tall order? Well, for sure, but let's get to it. I came across an article online entitled Top 10 Pizza Chains in America. It was at mentalfloss.com, as good a source as any. Here was their list. Number one, Pizza Hut. Hooray for my childhood memories. Number two, Domino's. Number three, Little Caesars. Number four, Papa John's. Number five, Papa Murphy's which is my current favorite. Number six, California Pizza Kitchen. And then the next three I never have never heard of. Number seven, Marco's Pizza. Number eight, Round Table Pizza. Number nine, Mellow Mushroom. And finally, coming in at 10, Cece's. Uh, believe it or not, they offer a macaroni and cheese pizza. What? Looking at the top five, I chose the three restaurants that provided ingredients and nutrition labels at their websites. They were Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Papa Murphy's. Now, all these restaurants offer a complex selection of different pizzas ranging from the benign to the overly indulgent. In looking for a common denominator, I decided to use the simple pepperoni pizza for the investigations. After all, it is America's most popular topping. However, it's definitely not the most nutritionally challenging, so I won't be evaluating the worst of the worst. Typically, a slice of pepperoni pizza comes in around 260 calories. 
Here are some other calorically dense choices that I won't be talking about. For Pizza Hut, there's the ultimate cheese crust pizza at 410 calories per slice with 45 milligrams of cholesterol. And they have the meat lovers pizza with six different meats at 470 calories per slice with 55 milligrams of cholesterol. For Domino's, there's the Mitza. Yes, it's called Mitza. It has four meats and extra cheese. Comes in at 210 calories per slice with 40 milligrams of cholesterol. Note, 73% of the calories of that pizza come from fat. And then they also offer the Philly Cheese Steak Pizza at 280 calories per slice with 25 milligrams of cholesterol. Uh, in this case, only about half the calories come from fat. For Papa Murphy's, there's the Papa's All Meat. It has five types of meat at 280 calories per slice with 40 milligrams of cholesterol. And then uh, they have the crispy bacon artichoke pizza coming in at 280 calories with 40 milligrams of cholesterol. My objective is to compare the pizza from those three chains in terms of one, the degree of processing, that is, do those foods contain a high amount of processed or artificial ingredients, and two, their nutritional properties. Now, does one restaurant rise above the others? Well, we'll see. Let's look at each pizza chain in turn and their history. Now, here's what Pizza Hut has to say about itself. Quote, there's nothing cookie cutter about Pizza Hut. Not our pizzas, not our people, and definitely not the way we live life. Around here, we don't settle for anything less than food we're proud to serve. And we don't just clock in. Not when we can also become our best, make friends, and have fun while we're at it. We're the pizza company that lives life unboxed. We're not for people who want to blend in. Pushing boundaries is part of our heritage. At Pizza Hut, we don't just make pizza. We make people happy. Pizza Hut was built on the belief that pizza night should be special, and we carry that belief into everything we do. In 1958, two brothers borrowed $600 from their mom to open a pizza place in Wichita, Kansas. They named it Pizza Hut because their sign had, had room for only eight letters. How profound. Soon the restaurant grew. Why? The pizza was awesome. The service felt like home and the customers were treated like family. From day one, the Carney brothers could look their customers in the eye and promise them the finest pizza in town because they knew the farmers who grew the ingredients and they knew those farmers cared about quality, end quote. I don't know about you, but that description sounds like a bunch of BS, particularly the phrases, the customers were treated like family and they knew the farmers who grew the ingredients. Who writes that kind of tripe? My memories of Pizza Hut involve pimply-faced high school students waiting on me who looked like they would rather be anywhere else. The Wikipedia entry is somewhat less blustery. In 1977, the super corporation PepsiCo acquired Pizza Hut 
As of December 2018, there were 18,431 restaurants worldwide, making it the largest pizza chain. It is now a subsidiary of Yum! Brands Incorporated. In 2017, Pizza Hut was listed by the UK-based company Richtopia as the 24th most influential brand in the world out of a total of 200 companies. As of 2015, Pizza Hut had a whopping 1,903 restaurants in China alone. Over the years, what I've noticed about Pizza Hut is that they're always trying to get the most cheese possible into their products. That's somewhat by design. In 2010, a New York Times article by Michael Moss mentioned an organization called Dairy Management. Here's a quote from that article. Dairy Management, whose annual budget approaches $140 million and is largely financed by a government-mandated fee on the dairy industry but it also receives several million dollars a year from the Agriculture Department, which appoints some of its board members, approves its marketing campaigns and major contracts, and periodically reports to Congress on its work, end quote. There was, and maybe still is, a handshake relationship between the federal government and the dairy industry to offload excess cheese production. And that was occurring at the same time that the Health Department was urging people to cut back on the consumption of saturated fat. Doesn't make sense, does it? In that same period, there were other stories about the federal government offloading excess cheese in the natural school lunch program. But that's getting off topic. Just for fun, let's listen to an old Pizza Hut commercial from 1995 starring Donald and Ivana Trump marketing Pizza Hut's new stuffed crust pizza. This was three years after their divorce. Do you really think this is the right thing for us to be doing, Ivana? What do your people think? Let them talk. Donna. Ivana, 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 Ivana. It's wrong, isn't it? But it feels so right. Then it's a deal? Yes, we eat our pizza the wrong way. Crust first. Introducing stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. With a ring of cheese baked into a totally new, thinner crust, you'll want to eat it the wrong way. Crust first. May I have the last slice? Actually, you're only entitled to half. Large is $9.99. That ad was made back when Donald Trump was a struggling multimillionaire. Well, it's time to look at the ingredients of the Pizza Hut pepperoni pizza. Not counting water and vitamins, there are 39 ingredients. Not counting duplicates, there are 31 unique ingredients, which is 79.5%. Since most fast food utilizes a combination of salt, sugar, and fat, how does this pizza stack up? It has two sweeteners, four uses of salt, and four uses of fat or oil. So, 26% of the ingredients fall into those categories. What about the processed ingredients? 12 out of 31, or 39%, are characterized as synthetic or highly processed. Now, that's pretty high. Are there any unusual ingredients? As far as the crust goes, not really. It has the typical ingredients that you find in white bread products. There's white flour, yeast, oil, sugar, vital wheat gluten for a stretchy elastic dough, enzymes, and preservatives. It does have the very synthetic sodium steroid lactate, which I've talked about before. It helps to keep the dough from falling apart and improves its ability to rise. For the mozzarella cheese, most of the ingredients are typical for processed cheese, including milk, cheese cultures, salt, enzymes, flavors, 
preservatives, and modified food starch, which is not normal for authentic cheese, but it's added to provide some desirable function. Can't know what that is since the type of modified food starch is not required to be listed on the label by the FDA. The one strange ingredient in the crust is sugar cane fiber. That sound signifies the ingredient of the day. I'd never heard of sugarcane fiber. It's also called bougas. Just as it sounds, this additive provides fiber in the cheese. I'm not sure why cheese needs fiber, but a natural source of fiber is a good thing. After the sugar is removed from sugarcane, the fiber is left as a byproduct. Like other sources of fiber, Cane fiber can provide health benefits, such as improving glucose tolerance, increasing insulin sensitivity, and enhancing gut satiety. For the pizza sauce, there are no ingredients that you wouldn't typically find in a bottle of pizza sauce found on a grocery store shelf, with one exception. Uh, This sauce has tomato fibers. This ingredient may serve the same purpose as the cane sugar fiber in the cheese, that is, as a source of dietary fiber. It comes from the skins of tomatoes. It also may serve as a texture-modifying agent, as an ingredient for pleasant smells and tastes, and to enhance the favorable red color of the sauce. Lastly, there are the ingredients in pepperoni. I don't think that I've ever mentioned pepperoni in a podcast before, so here is the list of ingredients in total. Pork, beef, salt, spices, dextrose, lactic acid starter culture, paprika extractives, rosemary extractives, and sodium nitrite. As a cured meat, it contains a bacterial culture to produce its unique flavor. It's preserved with salt and sodium nitrite, which also helps retain the red color of the product. Of course, that's also a downside since sodium nitrite is a potential cancer-causing agent. What about the nutritional aspects of the Pizza Hut pizza? All the pizza evaluations in this episode are based on a 12-inch pizza cut into 8 slices. The nutritional data is based on a single slice. However, most people, when they sit down to eat pizza, are not likely to limit themselves to a single slice. So, just for more realistic data, I suggest doubling all the figures that I provide. In a single slice of Pizza Hut pizza, there are 260 calories, 13 grams of fat, 5 of which are saturated, 10 grams of protein, 25 milligrams of cholesterol, 500 milligrams of sodium, and 2 grams of fiber. The fat content provides 45% of the total calories, so you're getting a whopping amount of fat here. And, also, you're getting 25% of the daily recommendation for saturated fat. The sodium content is fairly high and comes in at 21% of the daily recommended amount. Remember that two slices would make that 42%. Despite the extra fiber sources, there's only 2 grams of fiber per slice, which is only about 8% of the daily requirement. Now let's examine Domino's pepperoni pizza. Here's what Domino's has to say about itself. Quote, When it comes to making and delivering delicious pizza, Domino's is king. Domino's operates more than 14,000 pizza restaurants in more than 85 countries and delivers more than 1.5 million pizzas each day. 
From humble beginnings as a single pizza restaurant in 1960, Domino's has become today's recognized world leader in pizza delivery. At Domino's, we're all about pizza. And from the day our doors opened, we have dedicated ourselves to making and delivering delicious food with high-quality ingredients. Beyond pioneering the concept of efficiently delivering our made-to-order pizzas, we have been a part of innovations that have made a significant impact on the entire food delivery industry. We're all about delivery ideas that make it easier and more convenient for our customers. End quote. Now here's the Wikipedia history. In April 1963, Tom and James Monahan, with only $1,400, took over a local pizza joint in Ypsilanti, Michigan, called Dominic's. After eight months, Brother James traded his half of the business for a VW Beetle that was used in the business. Not a wise move. In 1965, the name was changed to Domino's Pizza Incorporated. Have you ever noticed the logo is a tile from the Domino's game? Their name got challenged in 1975 when the owners of Domino Sugar and Amstar Corporation sued them for trademark infringement, but the courts eventually ruled in favor of Domino's Pizza. In 1998, the founders sold the business to the investment firm of Bain Capital Incorporated for about $1 billion, a nice, tidy profit. Brother James must have been pulling his hair out. In 2012, they shortened their name to simply Domino's. When I was younger, Domino's didn't have a great reputation. Yes, they were certainly fast on delivery, but many people, including myself, thought the pizza tasted like cardboard and the toppings were very minimal. In 2010, shortly after the company's 50th anniversary, Domino's changed its pizza recipe from the crust up making significant changes in the dough, sauce, and cheese used in their pizzas. Believe it or not, they have 1,000 stores in India, a country where you wouldn't think pizza would be that popular. In February 2018, the chain became the largest pizza seller worldwide in terms of sales. Here's a Domino's commercial from 2018. What? New York pizza? It's big! So big, you gotta fold it. It doesn't get bigger than Domino's New Yorker Big Pepperoni. Loaded with tasty pepperoni and mozzarella. Say what? All on a huge pie. Wow! Those people were definitely enthusiastic. Now, what are the ingredients in the Domino's Pepperoni Pizza? Not counting water and vitamins, there are 46 ingredients, and 37 of them, or 80.4%, are unique. Of those ingredients, 10 of them, or 22%, fall into the sweetener, salt, and fat oil categories. What about the processed ingredients? 16 out of 37, or 43%, are characterized as synthetic or highly processed. Pretty substantial. Are there any unusual ingredients? As regards the crust, not really. It has a, a few more ingredients, uh, 17 versus 12, that were in the Pizza Hut crust, but nothing that stands out as strange. It does have L-cysteine, an amino acid that acts as a dough conditioner, but I've seen that before. Also, the pizza cheese has a few more ingredients, but contains the usual suspects. Instead of cane sugar fiber, Domino's uses cellulose, or wood fiber, as a fiber ingredient. And the pizza sauce has nothing new. 
The pepperoni is very similar to that of the Pizza Hut pizza, but unfortunately it contains the disreputable preservatives BHA and BHT. What can be said about the nutritional elements of the Domino's pizza? In a single slice of Domino's pizza, there are 250 calories, 10 grams of fat, 4.5 of which are saturated, 9 grams of protein, 25 milligrams of cholesterol, 580 milligrams of sodium, and 1 gram of fiber. The fat content provides 32% of the total calories, so you're getting a fair amount of fat here, and also you're getting 23% of the daily recommendation for saturated fat. The sodium content is fairly high and comes in at 24% of the daily recommended amount. Despite the cellulose in the cheese, there's only one gram of fiber per slice, which is only a dismal 4% of the daily requirement. The last pizza to evaluate is Papa Murphy's. Here's what Papa Murphy's has to say about itself. Quote, we don't have freezers. We don't pour cheese from a bag. We make dough from scratch. Shred cheese from blocks and chop veggies by hand. It's how you'd want to make the best pizza if you had all day to do it. You're in control here. Choose your crust, your sauce, your toppings. Choose when you bake it and choose who gets the last piece. Pizza that's ready for you when you're ready to eat it. No cold delivery box pizza can beat the smell of a fresh pizza baking in your oven. And when you pull a sizzling hot pizza out, everyone finds their way to the table. Who doesn't love a homemade meal? But it can be hard to find the time. Well, go ahead. Finish up that email, pick up the kids, or run that errand. We got your scratch-made dinner. Unquote. They don't exactly pump themselves up at their website like the other two restaurants. Now, here's the uh, Wikipedia history uh, about Papa Murphy's. An Italian restaurant with an Irish-sounding name began in 1995 as the merger of two local take-and-bake pizza companies, Papa Aldo's Pizza, founded in 1981 in Oregon, and Murphy's Pizza, founded in 1984 in California. Both chains were later acquired and consolidated by Terry Collins into Papa Murphy's. The company and its franchisees operate more than 1,300 outlets in the United States and Canada. In 2010, the chain sold out to Lee Equity Partners, a private equity firm. Then it went public in 2014. If you frequent Papa Murphy's, you may have noticed that their prices are very competitive or even lower than their competition. This type of restaurant typically has lower operating costs since they require less space and equipment. Here's a Papa Murphy's commercial from 2014. Papa Murphy's presents a fresh take on fresh. Here's the deal. If it comes from a freezer, not fresh. Box, not fresh. Bag, not fresh. Fresh means just chopped vegetables. Cheese grated by us daily. Fresh means we don't even have ovens. Because you have an oven. So you can feel good about feeding it to your... Papa Murphy's. Love at 425 degrees. Wasn't that very upbeat and positive? Okay, what are the ingredients in the Papa Murphy's pepperoni pizza? Not counting water and vitamins, there are 48 ingredients, and 39 of them, or 81.3%, are unique. Of those ingredients, 14 of them, or 29%, are classified as sweeteners, salt, and fats oils. What about the processed ingredients? 
20 out of 48 or 42% are characterized as synthetic or highly processed. That's pretty substantial. Are there any unusual ingredients? As regards the crust, it does stand out relative to the others. First, it has 19 ingredients with some new entries. It contains sodium aluminum phosphate and sodium bicarbonate. More about those later. It also has sorbitan monostearate, a harmless synthetic emulsifying agent. The cheese topping is very basic with only five ingredients, making it closer to natural cheese compared to, to the other pizzas. The pizza sauce is pretty straightforward but does contain synthetic xanthan gum as a thickening agent. The pepperoni ingredients are very similar to the ones in the Domino's pizza with the exception that smoke flavoring is used. Unfortunately, the questionable preservatives BHA and BHT are used in the meat. Let's go back to the crust. An interesting find was the presence of sodium aluminum phosphate and sodium bicarbonate. These are common ingredients in baking powder. And like the other pizzas, it's obvious that the Papa Murphy's pizza is not just leavened with yeast. However, yeast does show up twice on the ingredients label. What's going on? The first time it is listed as dried in inactive, which would not be suitable to leaven the dough. The second time it shows up on the list is underneath the baking powder ingredient, so there is not much of it there. It may be that Papa Murphy's is using both leavening agents in their crust, that is, using both baking powder and yeast. That could explain why the yeast comes out so puffy when baked and why it's my favorite crust of all the pizza restaurants. Examining the nutritional data reveals that a slice of Papa Murphy's pizza has 260 calories. Note that all three pizza examples have similar calorie content. Now there are 12 grams of fat, 6 grams of which are saturated, 9 grams of protein, 35 milligrams of cholesterol, 600 milligrams of sodium, and 0 grams of fiber. The fat content provides 42% of the total calories, a goodly amount of fat there. And also, the pizza offers 30% of the daily recommendation for saturated fat. The sodium content is very significant and amounts to 25% of the daily recommended amount. If you ate four slices of this pizza, you would be maxed out for sodium. The saddest nutritional fact is the zero grams of fiber. You could eat this whole pizza and get nary a gram of fiber, which is so important for digestion, good bowel movements, and general health. Let's return to the original questions about the degree of processing and the nutritional values by comparing the data from all three evaluations. In terms of processing, note, the higher the processing, the junkier the food. Here is the data for Pizza Hut versus Domino's versus Papa Murphy's in terms of the percent of ingredients that are highly processed or artificial. 39% versus 43% versus 42%. Those are all pretty high and pretty close. We could say that the Pizza Hut pizza is a little less processed, but all of them would fall under the heading of highly processed foods. What about nutrition? All three pizzas had similar caloric amounts, around 260 calories. If the average person ate two slices of pizza, they would be consuming 520 calories, which is roughly 26% of the daily recommended calories on a 2,000 calorie diet. Now that's not terrible. 
But if somebody sat down and ate a whole 12-inch pizza, the daily calorie recommendation would be exceeded with that one meal, and the person would need to stop eating for the rest of the day. Here are the comparisons for some of the other nutritional measurements. Fat, 13 versus 10 versus 12. Again, these values are pretty close, with Domino's, surprisingly, using the lowest amount of fat. Saturated fat, it's 5 versus 5 versus 6 grams. On average, these numbers represent 26% of the daily value. Overconsumption of saturated fat can lead to coronary heart disease, so it's best to keep that percentage as low as possible. In this case, no alarm bells are going off if only one slice of pizza is eaten, but eating two slices would provide 52% of the daily value. So a person would need to be wary of what else they ate that day that contained saturated fat. Next, cholesterol. 25 versus 25 versus 35 milligrams. The Papa Murphy's cholesterol content is pretty high at 35 milligrams. If two slices of pizza were eaten at 70 milligrams of cholesterol, the percent daily value would be 24%. Not high enough to scare you, but a person should watch what else they ate that day, particularly uh, as regards meat and cheese. Looking at sodium, there's 500 versus 580 versus 600 milligrams. These are some pretty high numbers. Their average, which is 560 milligrams, is 23% of the daily value. As I've mentioned before, junk food manufacturers purposely add salt to their products to mask flavor, to accentuate a person's appetite, and to give consumers a taste of what they are used to. But we know that high salt diets are not good for us and may contribute to hypertension, and heart disease. If two slices of pizza are consumed, then the daily value doubles to about 46%. It's easy to see that the salt consumption could really get high by the end of the day with the eating of two additional meals plus snacks and drinks. Regarding the salt intake, Papa Murphy's Pizza provides a slightly higher amount. Lastly, there's fiber. Two versus one versus zero grams. All the pizzas provide a pathetically low amount of fiber, considering that 25 grams is the bare daily minimum to keep the bowels functioning properly. Low fiber diets are characterized by colon cancer, digestive issues, and heart disease. The fact that the Papa Murphy's pizza has zero grams of fiber is scary. It's hard to imagine that any food manufacturer could unintentionally leave fiber out, a necessary nutritional component. It's hard to imagine that any food manufacturer could unintentionally leave fiber, a necessary nutritional component, out of their products. But this goes to show you that foods with processed flours, cheese, and meat are very poor sources of fiber. Well, it's time to summarize the investigation in the pepperoni pizza from these three restaurants, Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Papa Murphy's. In terms of the degree of processed ingredients and nutritional factors, the three products are pretty similar. However, unfortunately, the Papa Murphy's is somewhat worse than the other two, but definitely none of them are health foods. I say unfortunately because Papa Murphy's is my favorite pizza chain, so I may have to reevaluate my cravings. I would have predicted that Papa Murphy's would come out on top nutritionally since in their stores you can watch the pizza being made, like in Subway, with all the ingredients laid out in bins behind the counter, very much in your face. But sadly, you can't always trust your gut feelings. 
Speaking of cravings, did you know that according to a 2015 scientific study, pizza was listed as the number one craved food based on processing, fat content, and glycemic load? That's related to blood sugar. From the paper's conclusion, quote, The current study provides preliminary evidence that not all foods are equally implicated in addictive-like eating behavior, and highly processed foods, which may share characteristics with drugs of abuse, for example, high dose, rapid rate of absorption, appear to be particularly associated with food addiction. They determined in this study that the top five most addictive foods were pizza, chocolate, chips, cookies, and ice creams. Well, it's time to end the show. To all you listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a review, good, bad, or indifferent, at the iTunes store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And, of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or a host of others too numerous to mention. If you have a question or comment on anything about food ingredients or this podcast or just want to say hello, then drop me a line at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's all one phrase, foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. If you think your family, friends, co-workers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. Don't forget that the references provided in this podcast are available in the show notes located at the Podbean hosting website. Lastly, I have a Facebook page that is an adjunct to the podcast. Several times a week, I post a news item related to food ingredients, processed foods, and food trends. Just search in Facebook under Food Labels Revealed Podcast. Please give it a like when you get a chance, comment if you wish, and feel free to share the posts. Next month, I'll review recent interesting news stories about processed foods and other food topics. Until later, remember this, if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is called Private Eye, composed by Kevin McLeod. <laughs>